Welcome to the Recruiting Technology Podcast, where practitioners and veterans in the space bring you news and opinion to cover the ever-changing landscape of HR technology. Hey everybody, Jason here. I uh, wanted to let you know, this is a podcast version of a Facebook Live event we held at the end of 2017. Uh, we're starting to release these as audio-only podcast versions, and this is the first one. Here we go. This is Jason. And this is Andrew. And we're here with a couple of things today. So the first one is uh, I went to Amazon's AWS reInvent uh, uh, conference. Gosh, I guess that was a week ago now. Um, it was extraordinary. I don't get to go to actual technical conferences very often. I'm usually spending my time with you people at the HR conferences, at the recruiting conferences. So um, very different experience. Um, they, they play at a different scale. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. And then uh, Andrew's got some predictions that we had coming into this year. And this will be our last live stream for the year. So we thought, Andrew, what was your idea? Well, I think the idea was, you know, you and I are going to do a predictions for 2018. But we thought it would be really good to review some of people's predictions they had for 2017. And kind of do, you know, was that on target or is that an epic fail? Okay. (laughs) I'm on board with that. All right. So now I'm going to tell some people that we're doing this really quickly. Okay. While so, we're so, well, actually, why don't you tell people we're doing it while I talk about AWS? Oh, I already put it up. Okay. I already put it live on my, on my page, but you want to here. How about I start with some of the predictions and you put it out on some of these pages like talent, product plays, et cetera. Sounds good. All right. So, so what I did is I kind of went through like, you know, stuff like ERE and, you know, kind of looked up predictions for 2018. It was hysterical because I had to actually cross check to see if I made any um, as well. Um, but I was able to come up with predictions that I made like for, from all the way back from 2010, which I thought was hysterical. So what did, uh, what predictions did you make? In 2010? Yeah, in 2010. So in 2010, the predictions were that part-time and outsourced work will be considered more as a way to get work done. Ah, that's, that's legit. That's legit. We can, we can yeah. prove that one out. Yeah. Um, the other one was... <laughs> gig economy that early? Yeah, 2010. So that's, that's some like, that's some sage guru stuff right there. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't call it the gig economy though. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, that's what it is. That, that's what bad. it is. Well done. Well done. So sir. efficiency in mobile technologies will become used more and become more robust. Nice. Uh, then it was, it was, that was kind of a gimme. I, I'm not that was a gimme. That's the gimme in 2010. Yeah. And so the other one was there'll be a, there'll be a, a grab for greener oriented jobs, more sustainable jobs and smaller businesses will, um, will absorb more green energy type of job work. So it won't grow. It wouldn't grow necessarily in huge manufacturing as much as smaller providers will be entering the space. So do you think that happened? I think so. I think at the consumer level it did. I didn't, I I think as I think back, you know, seven years ago on that prediction, I think what I probably missed was like the investments that like Tesla has been making or, um, 
you know, like photovoltaics kind of went more mainstream. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a grassroots thing. I think that's fair. The other one was this, is that hit hard by the economy, talent vendors will continue to scramble and acquire new tools, competencies, and products and have like a blended approach. Okay. Nice. So I thought that was a good one because yeah. and what ended up happening is we all ended up merging and now you can go like to one place and do everything. That's true. That is, that is a thing. So uh, you said you pulled up other people's predictions. What, what yeah. You- so I got, should, should I do the thing where we actually tell you who did the, who did the prediction? Oh, you gotta give the shout outs. Yeah. You gotta do that. Okay. So the shout out was that John Sullivan said in 2000, at the end of 2016, that software will eclipse tradition. Hmm. What the heck? Yeah, I'm not quite what sure that? what that one means. But but I don't. I'm not convinced that software has taken over so much that like we that we. I think Boolean's dying. We've talked about that. But I don't think that some of the older school models of doing business and executing are completely dead. I don't. I think it's probably more than it was a year ago, but we got a long way to go with people saying software is the way that you were driving all the inbound outbound and recruiting strategy. Yeah. Well, um, interesting. All right. So what do you think? You you, you think that software has eclipsed tradition? So the way I think about that, we're like parsing Sullivan's words right now. Like we're, we're interpreting Sullivan quotes as if they're scripture right now. <laughs> That's what's happening. Like we could, yeah, that, I don't think we need to help him with this. Um, so when I, when I hear what, uh, when I hear that prediction, I think software eclipsing tradition is, uh, you know how when you, when you go and roll out uh, a piece of software, there's a way that it's supposed to be done, but then there's the way that fits in your process. And yeah. you've always done it this way but you could do it this other way is way better. And I think that's probably what it is. And we're seeing a little bit of that. Like we're at the cusp of, of some of that with, um, with the bot based stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So people, you can't just drop a bot in and expect to do your job the way you did it yesterday, but there's a bot around too. Yeah. You have to build your, your function around the bot. So a great example is Olivia's workflow is completely different than a normal way a person applies for a job, right? So we get your name, we get your information, we screen you. And then if you do okay on that screening, yes, we might get your information after that. Right. right? It's probably a smarter way to do it. I like that approach pretty well. Um, so that's not traditional. The software is, came up with a new thing. I think it's a good way to do it. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So one uh, from Matt Charney, uh, actually, I think he had two, is that retention is recruiting and yeah. referral madness. Like, we'll, have, we'll, we'll greatly increase the number of referrals. Yeah, I don't think referral madness happened. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think if anything happened, social, uh, I think we had a huge explosion in social push. Yeah. Right? Just Instagram, Facebook nuts. And, and I don't think that was, I sent you something on Facebook and you sent it to somebody else and said, hey, I know this guy over here. 
who could do this work for you. We didn't use social media that way necessarily. Right. I think we just posted like crazy. Well, I, yeah. That, well, and that's a problem. We, we're, we're social media spammers now. That's, our, that's like our full-time gigs um, that, that we have. So I, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that, that model at this point. Um, but I, I think his first prediction, um, okay, what was his first one again? I, when I heard it, is recruiting. I don't think anybody's figured that out yet. Yeah, I, 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 I think we haven't, and you're right. I, I, I don't He's think absolutely that. right. He, like, that's, a, that's something that should happen. It but, should happen, but we haven't moved it over to goals and objectives. I haven't yeah. had a lot of people tell me that I have a goal that says I have to, you know, you know, reduce our attrition by X and I'm on the hook for it. Right. Yeah. He, uh, it, it was a good prediction. I think it was wishful thinking. And, yeah. Right. I think that, I think that retention, I just talked about this at recruit DC yesterday and we were saying that if you don't know your retention numbers, if you don't know first year turnover in the areas that you service, you should. Right. I agree right. with that. Just, just an understanding of what the hell's going on. Okay. So LinkedIn had one LinkedIn said talent acquisition will have a seat at the executive table. Boom. Uh, it happens in places for the right leaders. Yeah. It happens. I, I think we have seen an escalation in the visibility of talent within the HR. I don't think we necessarily are seeing I mean, I'm not seeing, like, chief people officers who don't report to chief human resource officers that often. It does happen, but not as a, as a model everywhere. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think that um, I've even seen a couple of chief talent folks get frustrated, like that they're not the automatic sort of next in line for the CHRO seat. So. Uh, I know one particular leader is just very vocal about looking for a new job because they're not going to be the next CHRO. Uh, well, their CHRO isn't going anywhere for a while, at least. Yeah, I think I think that's a tough. I think that's a tough leap, actually. If you've never done the, the talent management and the and that kind of stuff, but um, all right. So diversity in recruitment will continue to be a primary focus. And that was said by HR Knows One. I don't know who that is. HR Knows One is, eh, it's, a, it's a part of the focus. So when you say primary focus, I think the primary focus is hiring the person with the right skills. Yeah. If, if diversity becomes your primary focus, you, you're doing something wrong, I think, because you got to have somebody that can do the job no matter what their, their gender and ethnicity, right? Yeah, so I I do think it is a focus. I don't think it's the primary focus. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the primary focus either. And I don't think we're going to necessarily see um, a big shift. I do think we'll see a lot more uh, wage parity, right? Yeah. I think that, that that was that was a hot. That's a that's not just a hot topic. That's a problem. All right, and, all right. So wage parity. I've got a question for you. <laughs> I had a. Uh, I was, I was listening to a podcast and someone was talking about this topic and they said, you should just, they should do it like the army and everybody's on a matrix. So there's no problem with parody. 
because everybody gets to pay the same based on their years of experience, period, no matter what. What do you think about that? You make it, make it all about not, not making a meritocracy, right? Don't have merit-based pay. I think that's communism. I think, that, <laughs> I think it's the opposite of my core philosophy. I believe in sort of the work rules philosophy of pay unfairly. If there's a guy who does something that makes the company a billion dollars, I don't have a problem with him making 10 times as much as, as the guy who sits in the cubicle next door because he made me a billion dollars. That's awesome. Let's have, yeah. let's give him more money. Yeah. And, I'd rather see, I'd rather see a normalization of wage of the wages um, probably by level, like all directors make the same, all managers make the same. And then what you can do is you can have crazy awesome bonuses based on performance, based on results. Okay, so I, I think that's probably the best way to do it. I have a buddy that's, that's very successful at Southwest Airlines. He came up with, um, years and years ago, the little thing that sat in your little system tray that would pop up when there was a low fare for somewhere that you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. You had to call it uh, ding or something. Okay. It would pop up and make a little noise. So Southwest was able to track the amount of money that they made from people clicking on that little thing. Yeah. He was literally employee of the year. It was, it was a big deal. Yeah, I bet. So, um, so but he, I think that comes with a bonus. I, he hasn't ever told me about that, but I'm pretty sure the way that stuff worked, that worked is it came with a bonus. And But he was still paid like a software engineer. Yeah. And it, it was a career maker for him, for sure. He's, he's done very well. He's got a, a pretty senior level job. Yeah, I, I, think, that's, I think that that's going to be more likely is that so, – so I don't think diversity – I think diversity has the, uh, the place that it has – and it's, it's got its relevance based on the business that you're in. But I, I didn't see a huge push in, oh, we have to be diverse all of a sudden. And, I, I, you know, all kinds of new products, all kinds of new services. You know, I, I didn't see that at all. And, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't see anything new there. Um, I think it's, I think diversity is, has found its legs, man. I think it's, it's ingrained. It's a, it's an instilled part of the business. We nobody disagrees uh, on on that front at all. Um, so I, I think it's found its legs. Um, I don't think I think people still struggle with you know how do you set goals and targets to meet goal meet what you're supposed to do. But um, I, I think it's it's here. Like it's just a it's a part of the background. It's it's wallpaper right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's paint in the wall. You're absolutely right. It's it's part of the it's part of the institution. So yeah. here's one. Um, Josh Burzen said the robots are coming. We should embrace it. Uh, he was right. How many bots did we see this year? We saw yeah. lots of bots. Now you and I have seen lots of bots. Are a lot of bots getting used in talent acquisition? Uh, Maya's getting the funding they're getting for a reason. Yeah. There's a, they, they've got plenty of deals out there. Um, I know Olivia has some big deals out yeah. there. Uh, I know that uh, we are botified. Like I, I, have a, I have a bot that's fully integrated into every engagement that we have now. I literally have it anywhere I want it today. Yeah, there's, I think there's plenty of bots. I think that that's what's ended up happening is it's either it's, it's kind of getting the press, it's kind of getting some press, Mm-hmm. but there's so much noise in the market since we've been pushing so much social media that it's tough to kind of get through it. 
or we've just absorbed it. So we've absorbed it. We're just, oh, I don't know if I'm talking to a bot or not. Well, here's the other thing. I think that the RPOs are in a race right now. We're in a race to build the driverless car. Yeah. RPOs are absolutely in the race to build the automatic. automated. Yeah. So, so, so here's, here's an 18 prediction. Yep. An 18 prediction is from the time that somebody hits your website to the time that they are on the schedule of the hiring manager. Mm-hmm for an interview in person on location yeah table stakes automated uh the whole thing automated all all the way potentially with augmentation of people but i would say that block by the end of 18 if you don't have it automated from the time that they show up to the site to the to the they get assessed they get screened video interview schedule themselves all that stuff that is table stakes by the end of 18. I think that's true, but there's an engine that runs that does that. But then what happens if there's not enough people going into the top of that funnel? You still well, gotta, you'll, have to, you'll, you'll have to throw them in. Yeah, you still gotta, you still gotta get them in somehow. You still gotta throw them in. And there's not as soon as they're there. Yeah. yeah, so as soon as they're at your site, yeah. and they say, I'm interested, all the way to meeting the hiring manager with a handshake, Oh, I, I don't know if, I think you're going a little far on that one, but okay. I, I, what I would say is, uh, they talk to at least one bot during that process. Yeah, I agree. That, uh, I, I look at this more like, um, you're looking at it like Terminator, right? <laughs> you are. And, and I'm looking at it like Jarvis. So I want the Iron Man suit and the, the thing that augments, but not replaces the recruiter. I think that's going to happen. I still, I think that you're going to have to recruit, have a recruiter that, that is guiding the process, deciding how many people are going in. Um, it's the Iron Man suit. It's not. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I got that. I just don't think that, I, I think that recruiters, the amount of scheduling and finding out who's available and setting the agendas and getting them scheduled for the conference rooms and, I think a lot of that's going to be, I think there's complications there, but getting somebody screened on a video interview, getting them assessed, and then getting the hiring manager to say, yes, put them on my calendar, wildly automated, if not all the way to that point by the end of 18. Certainly capable, certainly capable of doing it. So um, I'm going to zoom in here on me. If you figure out, how to automate the single day interview process you win. That's right. Nobody else is doing it. If you need, we need to be able to have multiple interviews uh, stacked in a single day, conference rooms booked. If you can automate that, you win. We'll all buy it. And there's only, okay, at HR Tech, there were only two companies on the floor who have a shot Oh, I think of cracking that code. Oh, see, I've got one in mind. Who? who, who Google and Microsoft, but I'm counting LinkedIn as Microsoft. Okay, because you're thinking they have they own the calendars, so they can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that's interesting. Um, I was thinking that about the people who are focused on uh, sort of being interaction platforms, like I think Montage. They've built out built out their 
their stack to be an interaction platform, right? Right, you right. Can schedule um, face-to-face. You can do video or scheduled video. You can do audio. You can do chatbots. You can do all those things. I think they, I think they can do it. They're, they have the technical chops. You just got a bunch of cash that they're using to make right. technology improvements. I think they've got a shot at it. Um, if they can get the integrations, but Microsoft and Google have done something really nice. Mike, if you're, if you're on uh, uh, three office, three, six, five, right. APIs can just connect straight in the same thing with Google calendar. I mean, Calendly, yeah. I just hook it up to my Google calendar and it can see where I, what's going on. Right. So, so I, I think that those, I think that those two have got a backdoor hook. I'd like to see LinkedIn do it actually. I think that'd be interesting to have them, enter the space that way because they've already got they're interesting man the the stuff they're doing with the resume template in word is yeah ridiculous. have you seen that i have seen it and it's going to be interesting just the data play there is ridiculous yeah um, well and the, the whole um well i see you're writing your resume uh people who say this usually want to say this other thing do you do you want to do that well sure Everybody's resume is going to look exactly the same. same. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Because all of a sudden, it's going to go from 76% of people say this to 83% of people say this. Yeah. Dude, we all look the same on paper. That's, that's, that's true. So here's the next one. So the next one was, uh, so Josh Burson, then we had Elaine Euler said, 2017, we'll see the emergence of the TA tech stack. Uh, I, I think it's needed. I don't know if we, we certainly have a TA tech stack. Yeah. Well, you're a commercial, you're a commercial, you guys are a commercial talent acquisition outsourcing provider. Yeah. But nobody's going out and selling and saying, you know what? Uh, we're a consulting firm. We will package these six things together, pre-integrated, ready to drop in for you. We're not seeing that yet. And I think the, the, I think the door is open for that because most of these providers can't do all the good stuff themselves. Yeah. I I think that, yeah, you can't, the the thing is, is that the budgetary cycle of HR is annual, but the purchase rate is usually three to four years for all the tech. Yeah. And so the ability to do full integrations and make a big change usually actually require probably three fiscals in order to do it because you've already purchased. Right. And no one's in the business of saying, oh, no problem. We'll drop your other thing and we'll pay for it as part of you purchasing with us. Right. Okay. So, so I think that we've got a tough time coming up with a consistent TA tech stack. I do see more ecosystems. Right. So, so what you do see is the, you know, you got the, the, the levers and the greenhouses and the cornerstones and whoever of the world who have gone ahead and, and looped in 25 to 40 other vendors. Yeah, and I, I think that's that makes sense. Um, Fieldglass has announced that's what they're doing too, by the way. Well, they're, good, because they're the, they're the big player. They're the big player in contingent. They're not doing anything other than. so They have a formal it's not going to be as far as being an app store, but basically a formal partner program where you just go and say, I'll take uh, field glass and one of those and one of those and one of those. And let's, let's make this happen. 
Right. Well, in ADP, so ADP's marketplace is similarly structured, right? So it's 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 interesting how it's how robust it is. Yeah. But people don't people in our little world don't tend to focus on payroll. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, they've got a couple hundred vendors in there. Nice. You know, and so we've got a. I mean, we've got a customer. They're on ADP payroll. We picked the assessment provider because. They had an integration with ADP. Interesting. It was just well, like that simple. We could just track it. It was easy. I gotta say, I've done the same thing with my my analytics platform. I know that it's easy for me to measure stuff if I if I use this time tracking tool versus this other one. So I I use the one that I can measure. Right, because it's already because because the API or or the integration is already there. It's like oh, okay, great. Yeah. This All right, so one. so I'll say so. so one last, one last I'm going to give I'm going to give a side to 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 Elaine. I think that she's I think that she's right. I think the problem is is that HR is slow. Yeah, well, that's true. What I'll say is RPOs are are incented to go faster in this space, and uh, I know that our stack is locked down, and uh, three of our major competitors have made, have made announcements about their stacks uh, who will all remain nameless because you don't get any airtime on my. I, I will. I'll be nice because I'll, I'll be nice because some of them are my customers too. All right. So, so here's the last, so there's another one. Another one that came out was teams will strive to improve the candidate experience in 2017. And that's by greenhouse. I, well, I think that, so I'll tell you the, the uh, customer sentiment that I get. Cause I, I talk to, I probably talk to more HR leaders than most in just from my job. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a deep concern about candidate experience where there wasn't before. Yep. Much more than I've ever seen. I think that, that candidate experience has arrived. Um, in fact, my reasoning for, uh, for automation is largely candidate experience focused, right? Right. It's way easier to keep people from falling in a black hole if you can automatically interact with them. Yeah. Um, we, the reason we want a bot to go talk to candidates is not because we think uh, they would prefer talking to bots. Is that we can't feasibly talk to every candidate, but we all know that it's rude not to. Right. So what we do is is we sit here and we we let them fall in the black hole and we feel bad about it and we don't and we do everything we can through you know automated emails, but that falls flat really quickly. But if you can actually progress them in the process in an automated way, that's way more valuable. And it's, they feel like they're able to be heard in that way. And I think that's better. So I think, can, I think bots and candidate experience actually go together, which is very strange. I agree. I, I think that the, I think the way we were thinking about it, maybe in 16 probably was different. Yeah. It is about instant response. It's, it's about being able to sound off quickly I think part of the challenge is how to take corrective action. Um, and so prior to this, prior to 18, all the way through, through this year, we hadn't gotten our, our survey tools to get down to the hiring manager level or the rec level. Mm-hmm. I know you and I have talked about stuff like that, but, but we're now actually moving part of the part of our product set to go to the hiring manager level yeah and we're, 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 you know, our, our challenge our I mean, challenge is we want candidates to say here are the people i interviewed with 
Yep. And here's how I feel about that. But we have to do that in a way that insulates the candidate in such a way that if negative feedback is given, it doesn't reduce their chances, right, to get a job offer, right? Do you think so, Glassdoor ever gets to the point where they uh, publish uh, rankings and ratings of, of hiring managers? I mean, I think in theory you could. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one step lower. It's just one step. And so that's where we're at, right? So I've got it all the way down to the location, the function, and, uh, and the, uh, the division, okay. right? So I'm pretty sure it's one of these three, four managers, right? <laughs> now what we're actually talking about is making it where, you know, could you actually make it the manager and do you want to and how do we aggregate that? But I, but I think you're right. I think candidate experience and hiring manager satisfaction for that matter has arrived and it's gotten all the way down to a person to person level. I think we'll see more of it in, in, in 18, but I don't know if, but it's striving to improve. I think greenhouse is right. I think there's a really big push. And I think part of it is also more uh, consumer oriented brands are starting to see it could be affecting their revenue streams. Yeah, I think you're right. All, All right. right. So, so those are the ones I those are the ones I picked up pretty fast. Um, let me see. Oh wait. Oh, I got hold. Oh my gosh, I, I skipped like ten of them. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more. One more. Um, here we go. Oh, we got uh, machine learning will teach us a thing or two about how to talk to humans. Nah. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Purchasing HR technology will be a joint decision between the CHRO, the CIO or CTO, and the CFO. Hmm. I will admit I've seen, I've had more conversations this year than I did in previous years with not so much like the head of procurement, but a designate from procurement and the CIO or one of their designates and HR personnel rather than, you know, on what their ATS is going to be, what their CRM is going to be. I am getting more access to IT. Well, certainly I got more access to IT this year than I had in, in say, 16. Yeah, I, um, I don't think I've seen that. I, I think that, HR still tr struggles to get the resources they need in the IT organization. Mm -hmm. um, so I was explaining this to somebody on my team earlier. Uh, actually, not somebody on my team. One of the startup CEOs uh, was assuming that a challenge that we're having implementing with uh, a large company and getting even getting a report out of the IT organization took us three or four months. A specific report. <laughs> it was actually a feed we needed to to help automate something. Um, and he, he was assuming that was an anomaly. I said, oh, no, no, no. That is the norm. HR has a very hard time getting the attention of IT. They just do. Um, they, they're competing for the same resources with the marketing team, with the sales guys, the ops team, engineers, the engineering groups. They, they're competing, and they are overhead. So guess who gets low man on the totem pole status? A lot of times in that 
I think I think the reason I've seen more of it is because some of the e- some of the stuff that I've been dealing with is more ERP oriented. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, the right. ERP I can see that. Um, so if you're buying Workday, yeah, you got to pull everybody in. Yeah, everybody's together. Yeah, but uh, if you're buying, you know, if you're buying Higher View, nope. No, no, yeah, those purchases, those purchases, HR is like almost on their own. And they're budgeting on their own. They're trying to get it. Here's one that we'll, we'll end on this one. I know you want one more. We got to do another one. This one was HR will use expertise in the finance department and other departments to replace gut intuition with data. Yes. And that was a great prediction in 2015. Yeah. And, and, and so I think, I think it's true that the gut intuition is being replaced with data but I think more HR people are doing it on their own rather than outsourcing it back out to finance or IT. That's, that's true. That's true. I, I, we're seeing, so I remember 2015 was a big boom year and, and sort of the uh, predictive intelligence driven sort of mm-hmm. organization. That was the year that we were at HRO and everybody had their, had a product they released named insights it was blah, 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 insights, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everybody had this thing. And I, I remember this really clearly because we were coming out with a, an insights product at the time and everybody out there was doing it. I think that that ship sailed a little while ago, but they are doing it themselves. They're, they're building this stuff on their own. Well, and I think, I think you've got, you know, you know, like the tools we use and Domo and, you know, you got Vizier and everything else, I, you know, and, there's so many different tools that are accessible now and the cost is so much lower that, you know, they, they've found the money to, to do this because they don't think they're going to get the attention that they necessarily need out of it or finance. Yeah, it's uh, true. true. All right. So those were, those were the predictions. I think in general, I think we dispelled about half of them were BS and half of them weren't bad. All right. When we come back in the new year, Yes. Uh, let's let's show up with our predictions for uh, 2018. Yes. All right. you, you don't want to give anybody a hint? Oh, gosh. Uh, I will absolutely have one on um, data privacy. Okay. I'll have one of those. Um, we'll, I'll talk about bots and their proliferation. And, oh, what's the third one? Bots, data privacy, and oh, something in the CRM space. I think, I think, uh, I think the CRMs and the ATSs are finally going to start uh, offering true workflow automation. Yeah. That's gonna happen. We've so, seen some of the fringe players. Yeah. The big guys are going to do it. Yeah, I, I'm going to have one on Watson. I'll have one on Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. Um, total talent management and skilled trades. All right. All right. Job, huh? All right. Are yeah. Talk, are we going to talk AWS? We, well, dude, we got 313 and I got to pick up the kid. All right. Well, we won't talk about Yeah. We've been on for 45 minutes. All right. Okay. Just predictions this time. Sorry. If you wanted to hear what happened at AWS, you're going to have to wait until the new year. I'll give you an update. Good stuff. All right.
Everybody, yes. take care. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy Holidays to all. All, the, all that. Bye. Bye, guys.